Go ahead and turn to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. And uh, I want to say first off that the theme for our semester has been the sufficiency of the Word of God. And uh, a lot of things go into that, but I want to say that it's been super encouraging to me that the Bible is sufficient for all of our problems, for all of our issues. It has the answer. Even the... One of the greatest ways that the devil tries to get in our mind and tries to get us to doubt is by doubting God's word. And I'm here to tell you tonight that God's word is sufficient. And you can base your life upon it. It is sufficient. And it, it is a foundation that will never crumble. And so as we look here in James chapter 1, um, this is it's a letter from James, a brother of Jesus, many believe, to the Jews, which at this point were scattered all throughout the Middle Eastern region. You find that in verse 1. The main theme is, is essentially that practical religion, it manifests itself in good works. In other words, a Christian should live differently in light of being saved. Now, there, it should be pointed out that there's, there's not a doctrinal contradiction between James chapter 2 and Ephesians chapter 2. Because Ephesians, it says, for by grace are you saved through faith. But then if you look over here in James chapter 2, we read there in verse 24... You see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. James writes writes that. And I want to point out that that is not a contradiction. What that's talking about is that um, in this letter, James is primarily showing how good works should characterize a life of faith. Paul was dealing with Judaizers. They were teaching that you had to, it was, salvation was grace by faith, but then you also had to keep the law and you had to, Make sure you did some things, and then you would go to heaven. But, but Paul was saying, no, no, that's, that's not how you go to heaven. It's by grace through faith. Now here, James is talking, he's dealing with the Christian life. He's dealing with um, just practical Christianity. And so far in chapter 1, he's discussed how a Christian should think and act during, during trials, during temptations. And now we come to... God's word. It's, it's, like, um, it's like somebody asks him, so James, what, what am I supposed to do with the Bible? What do I do with God's word? What, what, does I have of, what does that mean in my life? How am I supposed to use it? What is it for? And in verse 21, we kind of get his response, and it says, wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, Get the sin out of your life, lay it aside, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Verse 22, but be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man, beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. We see here that the correct response to God's word is number one, hearing, and number two, doing. 
Let's pray real quick. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time that we can come and we can open your word. And Lord, I pray that you would, Lord, remove me. And I pray that you would help me to be an encouragement to the congregation here tonight. Lord, I pray that you would um, just use your word to minister to each and every one of us tonight. And I pray that we would all be challenged to live out your word in our lives. In your name I pray, amen. So, instructions are very important. Um, whenever we, sometimes they maybe should be common sense, but nonetheless, how you do something, doing it the correct way, that's very important. Um, whenever we uh, got married, we, of course, moved to Oklahoma City, and our apartment did not have a washer and dryer, and that was one of the things that we were praying for and that we, would, that we wanted to go ahead and get, and so we bought a washer and dryer here in Republic, Missouri, actually, um, and uh, it was used, and so about a, a week after we got married, we came back, and we picked it up from my parents' house and uh, loaded up in my truck, White Lightning, and we drove it to Oklahoma City. Well, um, I had at that time, this was like the middle of the summer, um, I had at that time a couple of friends uh, who go to school who were living in that apartment complex, and I talked to them, and they said, yeah, sure, we'd love to help you, because we live on the second floor, and lugging a washer and dryer um, up the stairs in the middle of the summer, um, Kenzie was not too excited about that, but I don't know why, but um, so we ended up just kind of having a, a, little, a little party. Uh, we invited a couple, uh, or we got a couple of pizzas. There ended up being like four or five guys that came over, and so here we are. We've got these two washer and dryers, stackable, and so we're lugging it up the stairs, and we finally get it in there, finally get it into our, ba our bathroom, because uh, our bathroom, our washer and dryer hookups are in the bathroom, and so um, we finally get it in there, and uh, of course, now, the washer is heavier than the dryer, okay? Just want you to know that. Um, so whenever we get it in there, uh, we set the washer in place and everything, and, uh, and that's all fine and dandy. And then it's time to lift the, the dryer up above the washer and plug it in. Well, um, we, it had a three-prong cord on it connected to the dryer originally. The, uh, the plug-in in our apartment was actually a four-prong, so had to swap that out and everything. So once we finally, we got a four-prong uh, cord, and I don't, to this day, I'm not really sure what was going through our minds, but um, you gotta remember, four, four or five college guys, all in a tiny bathroom, and there's a washer and dryer inside the bathroom, so there's like, there's, it's close. Uh, we would have definitely gotten COVID. Um, but uh, the, whenever we, we have it, and for some reason, someone told another man to go ahead and plug the, the cord into the wall. Now this is, this is a 220, like this is, it's a lot of power. And he plugs it in, it's like, all right, all right, all fine. Well, the thing that we didn't really process is that I had not actually connected it to the terminals of the dryer. So it was live. It was live. Now, I know, you're thinking, oh my goodness, I don't, how are you still alive? And uh, that's what I'm thinking. But um, by God's grace, uh, it actually touched, it touched the top of the washer, and it sparked and everything, blew a fuse and everything, and there's still kind of a black little mark on um, the washer and the wall right next to it. And uh, that definitely got, us, got our attention. But the point is, doing things the right way is important. And 
we should have probably realized that. I'm looking back on it, and I'm not sure, but you got to remember, we're in college. We're learning. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so, yeah, God is good. God is so good. But the Bible is kind of like an instruction manual for our lives. It's, it's like a guide. It's like a, an instructor as, as you're maybe going through a course or as you're um, learning a technique or something like that. And it's, it's, a, it's the instruction manual for our life. It is the most important instru- instruction manual that we have in our lives because the consequences, they're not just physical life and death, they're spiritual life and death. The Bible is very, very important. It has everything to do with our lives, with what we're doing and we have to use it correctly. The good news is, it is simple. It is not complicated. Um, you, could, you could study the Bible for your entire life and never fully be able to mine out the deep spiritual truths. But at the same time, just as a, a newborn believer in Christ, you can read the Bible and God can speak to you and you can get things out of it and you can grow and be encouraged in your faith. It's, it, but it's, it's simple. Anybody can use the Bible correctly. So how do we use it correctly? Well, the correct response, as we find in this passage, is to hear God's word and to do God's word. Understand, first of all, we've got to hear God's word. Before we can obey, we must hear or receive God's word. I think of uh, as a little kid, um, there was no way I could obey my dad if I didn't know what he actually wanted. And in the same way, there's no way that we can obey God, our Heavenly Father, if we don't know what he expects of us, what he wants us to do. Realize that before salvation, we didn't know how to respond until we heard God's word. Romans 10.14 says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how, how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? We had to hear the Bible. We had to hear about Jesus Christ. We had to realize that there's a, this demands a response from me. I have to respond by grace. We, I have to respond by placing my faith in Jesus Christ to save me from my sins. But even after salvation, God's word is still meant to be responded to. Absolutely. Um, just because we've, we've been saved, we, we, we are still called to live a life that is pleasing to God. And we are still called to live the Bible out. God's word, it has to get from the page of the book into our minds, into our hearts, into our inner, the inner being of, of who we are. We have to get it from there into here. We've got to hear God's word. To hear God's word, we've got to make time for God's word. First, we've got to be faithful to church. We've got to be faithful every single time the doors are open. We should, um, Hebrews 10.25 says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. We've got to make time for being at church. We've got to, the, the preaching of the word of God and the fellowship of believers, and it's, it's something that God has designed for us that we need to grow. We need that. We need to hear God through that. And that's one way that God speaks to us is through the preaching of the word at church. But also, 
we need to have a personal time to hear from the Lord. It's not enough to just say, well, I open my Bible at church even three times a week, and I think I'm good for the rest of the week. That's not, that's not how God intends it. The, the Bible reinforces this often, that it's a, it's a daily walk with the Lord. It's a daily devotion. It's a daily time of just communication. Relationships, as we are definitely figuring out, require communication. And uh, we're going to move on. But it's, that's good. Um, but it's important to have that personal time. It's important to have that relationship with God. Even Jesus set this example while he was on earth in Mark 1.35. And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place. And there prayed. We've got to make time to hear from God's word. We also, we, we ought to have a deep, consistent desire to hear from God. We should desire God's word like a newborn baby. 1 Peter 2, 2 says, As newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. We should be searching the scriptures daily as like the believers in Berea in Acts 17, 11. We should love God's word. I, every time um, I read Psalm 119, it's so encouraging and it's so convicting because of the psalm writer's love an appreciation for God's word. Just listen to a few of these verses. Verse 47, And I will delight myself in thy commandments, which I have loved. Verse 72, The law of thy mouth is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver. Mine eyes fail for thy word. Verse 82, saying, When wilt thou comfort me? Verse 97, Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Verse 140, thy word is very pure, therefore thy servant loveth. I don't want to um, just speed right past the hearing part of what we have to do with God's word. It's important because if, we, if, we don't, if we're not hearing, we're never going to be able to obey it like God wants us to. We've got to hear it. We've got to receive it. We've got to take it into our lives, into our heart. We've got to know it. It's got to get into our mind. We have to hear God's word. But realize, and as it says in this passage, while hearing is a foundation, it is not, it is only half of the right response to God's word. Notice in verse 22, it says, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. In order to respond correctly to God's word, James, James gives us some cautions on what we've got to avoid. And the first one would be self-deception. Realize we deceive ourselves by hearing and not doing God's word. Um, deceiving means to misreckon or to delude. It's, it's to... Um, to almost to trick or beguile. And, and we, if we are hearers that aren't doing, we're really tricking ourselves. We're, we're seeing ourselves, oh yeah, I, I do that and I do this. But really, our lives show that we don't. We trick ourselves and we tell we, ourselves that we are obeying God's word when really we aren't. After we hear God's word, it is vital that we honestly evaluate ourselves about whether or not we are doing what we hear. If we don't, we're going to be deceiving ourselves. 
We also should be evaluating our actions many times throughout our day. Am I obeying God's word today? How, how am I doing today? These are questions that we have to ask because it is so easy to, be, to deceive ourselves. Why? Well, Satan wants to lull us into this, this state of just kind of spiritual insensitivity. He wants us to kind of be detached from re the reality about us and to, um, to just not really see who we really are. He wants us to, because we, um, we always kind of have this tendency to see um, the good side in us and the bad side in others. And, uh, and it's so easy, um, even in Matthew and where, where Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount is talking about, um, you got to remove the beam out of your own eye before you can see clearly to remove the mote, the little, the little speck of dust in the other person's eye. And we, that, is, that is our human nature, and we've got to fight against that. And Satan wants us to think, oh yeah, I'm good, I'm good. And Satan wants, Satan wants us... Um, non-believers to do the same thing. As you're out witnessing and as you're out presenting the gospel, so many people, they, they might hear what you're saying for a little bit, but they're, they're, they're good. They're content with where they're at. And we have to show them what they don't understand or what they aren't hearing is very important. And they really aren't good. And that if they don't repent and believe in Jesus Christ for their, uh, for their salvation, they will die and go to hell this spiritual insensitivity is dangerous both in a, an unbeliever's life as well as a believer's life. Realize, if, if Satan can get you to just stay at the hearing stage, he has won the battle. Because whenever we, we can uh, kind of look at ourselves and be like, well, I go to church three times a week. And, and I, I am involved in, in outreach, and I'm involved in, in all these other things, and, 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 uh, and being part of, of the ministry here, and making food, and, and, and those are, things are all good. But if you're not truly doing God's word from the heart, Satan's winning the battle. Being a hearer and not a doer is deceptive. We have, absolutely, we have to pay attention. Do not, we cannot deceive ourselves. We also fail to do God's word because we forget. In uh, verse 23, it says, for if any be a hearer of the word, he's using a, a, a simile here, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. The Bible is used as, as a mirror and uh, I think of whenever, whenever we look in the mirror, how many people looked in the mirror before they walked out the door this morning? I did not. Um, but uh, but it's, it's a mirror, and, and a mirror, whenever we look into it, 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 shows, us, it shows us ourselves. And um, one person recently said, I don't, I don't know who it is, but if you want to humble yourself, just look really closely in the mirror. And you'll start seeing those, maybe those gray hairs, or maybe those wrinkles, or maybe those blemishes on your face, or maybe um, you can add to the list. And, you know, that's very true physically, but it's also true spiritually. And the Bible is a mirror. And, and uh, notice that this man, um, the, the one that looked in the mirror in verse 23, he, he still looked into the mirror. Um, he... Um, he Whenever, but the problem was he didn't um, see the things that he needed 
to fix. And unfortunately, this accurately depicts a lot of Christianities and uh, Christians today, including myself. We, we, uh, we see what, what God wants us to fix, and then we go about our way, and we forget. And um, this, don't, the, the point is, don't forget. Even, I mean, take notes if you have to. Do whatever it, uh, you need to do to remember what God spoke to you about. Whenever, whenever you are in a message, or maybe you're reading your Bible, you've got to um, find a way to remember, to be able to come up and bring it up again, maybe, maybe while you're at lunch on work, or maybe while you're, uh, you have a, a little bit of a downtime or something throughout your day where you can just kind of review and you can just be reminded of what God spoke to you that morning or, or last week at, in Sunday school. We cannot forget. Um, the interesting thing about the word forget is it almost implies um, a form of negligence. And uh, someone once told me that... Um, Forgetting is really saying, I f- well, I'm sorry, I forgot. That's kind of a, an excuse because really you didn't forget. You just failed to remind yourself to do that. And uh, I know professors deal with that all the time with um, their, their students that, uh, well, I forgot. I'm, there's all the excuses that you can make in the book. But the point is we have to remind ourselves to obey God's word. We have to, it has to be an, on our mind um, other things may be more important to us than God's word. They might be filling our minds with things and crowding out those godly thoughts, and, and, and that causes us to forget. They distract us. They consume our attention. We fail to forget, or we fail to do God's word because we forget what we heard. Don't forget. Keep it constantly on your mind. Now, We come to what James explains that we are supposed to do. In verse 25, it says, But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Notice that in verse 25, the the doer still looked into the law, into the perfect law of liberty, as it says. It wasn't like um, the, the hero was wrong for looking into that mirror, for to look, looking into the mirror of God's word. He, they both looked. The only thing that separated them was what the doer did with God's word. Notice um, the, it's also interesting, it's whenever it says in verse 25, but whoso looketh, it has kind of this idea of, stooping down to, to take a closer look. Like he didn't just um, quick look in the mirror. Okay, uh, nothing's outrageous. Okay, let's go. Um, it, was, it, was a, it was a more careful examination. And, and don't, the, the encouragement here is don't approach God's word flippantly. I know it is so easy to come and maybe it's uh, early in the morning and you're half asleep and you're just trying to knock out those chapters for the day and you just, and okay, I'm good, let's go, and get involved in our day. But really, that time with the Lord is the most important part of our day. Don't, don't approach it flippantly. Don't just try to speed through it. Look closely and carefully. It's vitally important. Notice that God's word is described as a perfect law of liberty. God's word is perfect. Psalm 19.7 says, the law, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. 
Psalm 12, verse 6 says, The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. As I said before, don't doubt the word of God. We have a sure foundation, and it's God's word. And we can, we can build our lives upon it, and we can trust it, and it will not waver. We can have confidence in God's word. It is the perfect law of liberty. Note it's, it's also liberating. Romans 8.2 says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. If we are saved, we are no longer servants or slaves to sin. That is a huge blessing. That means we don't have to go on and, and live our lives continually just in bondage to the sin that was in our lives and that just, that just keeps coming up and keeps coming up and keeps coming up and you have no, um, there's no hope. And the sad truth is so many in our world today, they're in bondage to sin and they, they have no hope and they just live to serve sin. And it's, it's not, it, it might satisfy for a season, but it does not end well. God's word is liberating. It makes us free from sin so that we can serve Jesus Christ. And a life spent serving Jesus Christ, it, it brings blessings so many that we can't even, we can't even number. It's beyond our even, we can't even comprehend it. Serving Jesus Christ is truly the best life. Notice also that the doer continues in God's word. It says, not only did he look, but he continued therein. In other words, take your mirror with you. Continuing means to, to, to stay near or to abide. It means to, to, to remain close. The, the doer obeyed God's word in part because he simply stayed near it. He lived in it. It was a part of his life. Live in the Bible Make God's word an integral part of your life. Notice the next phrase. He being not a forgetful hearer, this, the continuance that we just talked about is, is the cure to forgetfulness. Sometimes we just got to remind ourselves. One of the best ways to learn something is just repetition. Just keep repeating it, repeating it. And, and memorizing verses, just keep repeating it day after day. Repetition is a great teacher. And the, the one who continues in God's word is much less likely to forget it, to cast it aside. Again, repetition is a great teacher, and, and we, we have to continue therein so that we don't forget what Jesus has, has spoken to us through his word and wants us to do in our lives. We need, to, we need to remind ourselves constantly of what God says. We need to stay close to it. And the, the question that we've got to ask ourselves is, is am, I, am I closer, am I continuing, am I closer to God's word or to what I want? Am I closer to what God's will or my own will? And that's a question we have to ask. And, and truly, we're going to remember and we're going to have in our minds what is closest to our heart. We will remember what truly matters to us. Continuance, we also find, takes work. Um, in that, that same verse 25, but a doer of the work. To continue requires you to take action. It, it requires a great amount of effort. And, and it requires a submission to another's authority. Whenever you're um, at your job, you don't get to just take naps whenever you want. 
hopefully. And you don't get to just um, do whatever you want. And, you know, I'm, I know I just got hired two weeks ago, but I'm basically running this company. And so, no, it's whenever, whenever you're at work, a toil, it requires labor. You're, you're submitting your will to your supervisor. And in the same way, we're, we got to submit our will to God and serve him and, and uh, apply God's word to our lives. And notice that last phrase. This man shall be blessed in his deed. Continuance, being ab- abiding in God's word, continuing therein, and applying it to our lives and living it out on a daily basis is blessed by God. Now, this does not necessarily mean that God will automatically pour out down the monetary blessings from heaven if you'll commit to doing God's word. That's not what it's talking about. Rather, it's, it's like the principle found in Psalm one. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there real quick. Psalm chapter 1, the very first psalm, and it's, it's, it's like it lays a pattern for, it, it lays a foundation for the rest of this book. And in Psalm chapter 1, and verse 1 and 2, we find it says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Verse 3, And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. This, this word blessed, it, it, it um, it means happy or, or well-off or fortunate. And I'm here to tell you that the man that obeys God's word, or woman, that obeys God's word, they will, they will have the blessings of God in their life. And the world tries to make us think that, you know, um, you're missing out on this, and you're missing out on this. And if you choose, I mean, if you really are crazy and choose to submit your will completely and totally to Jesus Christ and to do what he wants you to do, you're gonna, your life is going to be terrible. You're not going to have joy. You're not going to have fulfillment and longing and, and things. And, and how, how could you have a good life if you really committed, you know, Lord, I'm just going to do your will for my life. The, that's what the world sees. But I'm here to tell you that the Bible says that blessed is that man that hears God's word and does it and applies it to his life. Blessed. And, and I'm sure... Every, every one of you guys out here could stand up and give a testimony that, that has, God has proven that over and over in your life, that there is no better life than a life that is obedient to God's will. Amen. We can have joy. We can have joy in obedience. So as we close tonight, I just want to um, leave you with a couple of thoughts. How is your love and commitment to God's word? Is it... Is it is it thriving and is it, is it real and is it is it alive? Do you love God's word? Are you committed to it? Are you regularly and intentionally hearing God's word, or is it is it just kind of going in one ear and out the other? Is it just kind of yeah I, I you know I sort of remember what we talked about last Sunday, or is it is it really getting into your mind and heart and affecting you? Are you living out what you have heard lately from God through His word? Remember, how, how to use the Bible, it's, it's extremely simple. 
but yet it is so challenging. And the challenge of the Christian life is to hear God's word and do it for the rest of our lives. And, the, and for the rest of our lives, we'll strive to, to do that in a, in a better way. It's simple, but it's challenging. Remember, again, there's only two steps to handling God's word correctly. It's hearing and it's doing. If we will commit to God's word and, and allow it to shape our lives and will commit to applying it to our lives, God can take his word and he can, he can mold us and he can change us and he can, he can uh, shape our lives to what he wants us to be so that he can accomplish his will through us. Now, if you are here tonight and you don't know for sure that you're going to heaven, uh, we've, we've touched on it a little bit, but I just want to say clearly that the Bible says that you can know for sure that you're going to heaven. It, there's um, so many people you, you might meet and they say, well, you know, I don't know for sure. Can anybody know for sure that you're going to heaven? Well, in 1 John, it says that we can know for sure that we're going to heaven. It's what the Bible says. All we have to do, it's, it's not about um, going to church. It's not about good works. It's responding to the message of the Bible by faith in Jesus Christ for our sins. You see, Jesus died on the cross to pay for our sins. All we have to do is receive it by placing our faith in what he did for us. Remember, it isn't, it isn't enough to just hear the word of God. It's good. We should be in church as much as we can and read the Bible and get it in here. But that's not where it ends. That's not where the Christian life ends. It, ha- it must go on to living it out. The two steps to handling the Bible correctly Hear God's word, get it inside of you, and do it, and live it out. The question is, what will you do with God's word this week?